Welcome everybody to True Exacts. I'm here with Brian, and our special guest tonight is our a world champion chess boxer, Matt Thomas. I mean, like, this is something we delved into. I've been texting Brian. I really wanted to delve into this world because I didn't know it existed, and it's really awesome. So, Matt, if you don't mind, get into really quickly how you got into chess and boxing. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. And I, I love I love spreading the good word of chess boxing. Okay. A weird sport. <laughs> it's a definitely a, a niche. It, it combines the board game chess with the combat sport boxing, um, and and it's my favorite thing in the world. So I, I, I I'm, I'm actually from the Northeast too. I was born just outside Philly. Growing up, my mom had me in chess club and had me in martial arts, uh, and they were two of my favorite things uh, from childhood all the way to college. Uh, I ended up competing in college uh, in Western style boxing, so just using my fists. Um, and, uh, and after college is when I, I first heard that there was a sport called chess boxing. So, you know, these two lifelong passions were combined by, by someone over in Europe. And I was like, I gotta try this. That's really cool, man. Now, were you into chess first or boxing first? Yeah, I, I think, well, I, I think the answer is chess, even though both of them happened right around the same time. I, I was playing chess with my family. My, I, I learned from my dad and my grandfather, um, and then I think I was like learning how the pieces moved and how to set up the board and stuff before I was actively in Taekwondo, which was the first martial art that my mom had me in. That's cool. Uh, Brian, go on with the, the chess comparison. Oh, the, uh, well, I think it's very interesting that, um, that chess and boxing get uh, combined like that because boxing is essentially like a chess game and vice versa. You're thinking about – what your opponent's going to do and how you're going to counter it. So it's just that constant back and forth. It's just boxing is more of a, a, a physical uh, outcome rather than just knocking over a king or a queen, you know? No, 100%. And, and, and like anticipating your opponent's movements mm -hmm. in both expressions is super important. So like if, if, I, if I can see every time you're about to throw a jab, you drop your shoulder, then throw it. Next time you drop your shoulder, I know it's coming, so I can I can anticipate it. Step outside your punch and counter, and it's the same with with chess. Like if I if I know you're going to a certain opening and I know a response to that, well, I can get a, a few moves ahead and and prepare for that opening and and, and get an advantage. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a really good example. Like some people might not see these two things as the same, like the same thought process or, or look at them through the same lens. But I, I don't know if. Uh, you guys watch uh, pro boxing? Are you pro boxing fans? I am. I not, not, yeah, not like extreme yeah. though. Not extreme. Yeah. So, so there's a matchup uh, like late lightweight division a few weeks ago. It was Luke Campbell versus Ryan Garcia. Mm -hmm. Ryan's like the the next guy for Golden Boy Promotions. He he has a personality like Ali. Huge <laughs> following on social media, Instagram, TikTok, the whole, the whole deal. He's he's like he's a star in the making. And, and they're warming him up to, like, take bigger and bigger fights. They just announced a fight with him and Pacquiao. So, like, he's, he's taking on, like, these old giants that everyone knows as, like, a passing of the torch kind of thing. But his first real challenge was this British guy named Luke Campbell. He's a southpaw Olympic gold medalist, went the distance with Lomachenko, and, and like, a really strong uh, opponent for Ryan, his first real test. And uh, a couple big things happened in the matchup first. Ryan got caught with his first uh, overhand, like, strong punch. So in, in the second round, he got dropped by Campbell, and everyone freaked out. I was like, oh, this is over. Like, 
no one's ever dropped Garcia before. How is he, how is he going to respond from getting dropped by a legit opponent? And he came back. He had the right mindset. He, he, uh, he, he didn't lose any sort of steam. So it was like the first check mark. The second check mark, I think the bigger check mark that people aren't talking about as much is everyone's been scared of, of a really quick left hook from Ryan Garcia. It's, it's how he's knocked out his last three people. It's the punch that everyone was talking about leading up to the Campbell fight. And, and for those three people that he knocked out, he lands the left hook right on the chin. So he was showing Campbell this left hook for the first six rounds of the fight, showing it to him over and over again. Some went through, some got blocked and caught, some got avoided. But in the seventh round, he faked thrown it to the head, and he threw it right to the liver. Mm. Mm. And and you can see this punch land, ripple through the body, and then it registered on Luke Campbell's face that he just got like a devastating liver shot. He went down, couldn't get back up, and seventh round knockout. So when, when you look at boxing and, and you think about chess and how chess is being about a, f- a few moves ahead from your opponent or leading someone down, uh, you know, a, a move tra- a train that they think you're going to go down, but then you go a different direction. Ryan throwing that left hook to the head over and over again, showing him what that looked like, showing him what that field like, felt like, and then throwing it to the body is just like the, the chess move of being like, you know, here's what I'm going to do and doing something else. And, and the nice thing is you don't have to make any metaphors about it in, in chess boxing. They're both right next to each other. You're alternating the rounds between the, the board game chess and the combat sport boxing until there's either checkmate or knockout. There's always a definitive winner. I have to say, unbeknownst reasons to the viewers at home, Matt, you're the nicest person of all time. I just have to say that. And you have an awesome chair, by the way. It's a lot better than the stool I'm sitting on. Now, I want to know that, were you like a passive kid or growing up? Because you seem like the nicest dude ever. And is it kind of like a shock for people if you could get that aggressive? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was I, – I loved competition growing up. So, so chess is really intense and, like, one-on-one. Have you ever lost in a chess game? All the time. You know, like someone just stole your soul. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not a good feeling. And I love doing that to other people, and I hate it when it was done to me. Um, so, like, I, I like competition. I, I, don't, I don't love violence. Mm. So, so what I love about boxing is that there are rules around it. Like I, I haven't gotten in many fights outside of the ring, but you know, put me in the ring, like I'll beat you in that game. Mm. And it's a game, you know, it's, it's not total war. I'm yeah. not biting people's ears off. You know, there's nothing like that. It's, it's like, yeah, I, I can score more points than you. I can make you miss, get you frustrated. I can think moves ahead. Um, you know, I can make you think I'm doing one thing and then do something else. Like I like the, the gamification of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't see myself as a mean person, but I do see myself as a competitor. Good. I, I'm just so, like, enamored by this world, by the way, because, like, one of my favorite movies ever is Searching for Bobby Fischer, right, with Josh Waitzkin. Yeah. And I've reached out to Josh Waitzkin to try to get him on. No response, by the way. Yeah, no response. Hi, I'm a hip-hop podcast. Would you like to come on? No, get the fuck away. So I want to know, are there, are there chess legends you've studied and boxing legends you've studied like to mimic your style if you will yeah so like a good uh, overlap of the two are the klitschko brothers they, they, uh, they're eastern european um they were top of the heavyweight division for for like about a decade like 90s into 2000s yeah. and they both play chess 
So, um, you know, they're kind of like a, a visual expression of the two. And, and I really like uh, Vladimir's style. Um, so he, he's a, a really long fighter. Uh, he, he's an outside fighter. So um, I, I like that style of boxing. You know, I, I love watching Ali. I don't have the natural gifts that he does. I, I haven't been boxing since I was a kid like he has. So, like, I, I have to be a little bit more realistic <laughs> with my heroes of who I want to emulate. So, you know, I, I like um, – yeah, present day, I, I like I like Tyson Fury a lot. Um, I, I think he surprises a lot of people. I'm also not a giant. Um, like, he is <laughs> – I can't, can't quite, like, lean on people or, or surprise people with my footwork because you know, I'm, I'm already kind of smaller than him. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I think Klitschko is a, is a good kind of, like, um, a framework to think about chess boxing through. And then on the chess side – the, the cool thing about chess, it, actually, have you guys seen um, Queen's Gambit? I did, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so all the games in Queen's Gambit were historical games, all from different masters. And the way that you learn chess is kind of like the, the way that you learn law. You learn law through, through uh, like, case law, like precedent. So you, you learn how old cases were actually managed and, and ruled in order to inform present-day law. Yeah, chess is the same way. You learn old games and how to beat certain like movement patterns, and, and and then that informs like current chess strategy. So all the games in Queen's Gambit were were historical games, and and all the all the games that I learned growing up were a lot of the same games. And 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 so looking at people like Bobby Fischer or or one of the main ones that they um, they focus on in the show um, was this like really famous like you know, like alcohol and drug addict that like wrecked everyone in his time period. <laughs> and they actually compare her to, to him in the show. So, um, yeah, watching, watching that, like you, you get a pretty good, like, uh, I guess, overview of, of grandmaster games that are studied uh, to, to emulate um, and, and to learn from. That's pretty cool, man. Now are, are some of the, now the grandmaster games for chess now are some of them like, um, cause you said, obviously you, you would study, these games you know you watch and you memorize the moves and you kind of try to implement them in your own games that you have now the people that were truly like the ones that started that like you know what i'm saying like the first ones like muhammad ali was the first of his kind you know what i'm saying like is there someone comparable in chess like that that it's like they weren't copying anyone else they were just coming up with these these game strategies that you're like where is this coming from yeah, I think I think the answer might surprise you, but um, it's <laughs> when everything changed for chess was was the computer. So, yeah. like like humans are limited in our ability to calculate. Yeah. Computers can do it almost endlessly. So you, you give a computer enough time, they can calculate through every possible move and counter move. And so, so when the computer came into play in the nineties. And, and IBM, uh, IBM built a supercomputer specifically designed for chess, um, everything changed. The way people study chess changed. The, the way people uh, regulate chess tournaments changed. Because you, you could go to the bathroom and you could calculate your next 15 moves mm. uh, by, by cheating. And, and there's a lot of cheating in chess that have, has come up since the advent of technology. You know, you, you wear a wearable device – if you program the display to be able to show you like just letters and numbers, 
that can translate to chess algebra, like the algebraic, like pawn to e4, knight to f3, like that, that like um, hmm. how you move, and and like that that changed everything. So now when people study, they're studying 15, 16, 17, 18 moves into a, a chess game, and just having it completely memorized. They know what the best move is, so they don't have any kind of variation. They know their opening. As soon as their opponent responds, they know into the mid game what the most optimal like movement pattern is. Um, and see, you have all those calculations going. Now, after you get punched a couple times and you're winded, how in the world do you sit down and right. figure out, like, okay, here's my move? <laughs> that's the trick, right? That, I mean, that's, that's the sport, really. So a lot of people ask, like, hey, you know, would you rather be a better chess player or boxer? Hey, you know, who, who wins more often? Is it on the chess board or is it in the boxing ring? And, and the answer is, is they, they both lean on each other so much mm-hmm. that you really can't separate them. But the, the messing someone up in the ring and then checkmating them on the board is, is the most common outcome. So about 80% of chess boxing matches are won on the board. And, and it's because of the scenario you just laid out. The, the other person might be a better chess player. And one of my past matches is, is like this. Um, but because his heart rate was high, his adrenaline was high, and he wasn't focused on the board, he makes a big mistake. And then, and then you can use that one mistake to turn the tides in your favor and snowball and crush them, uh, even though they're better than you. And that's the beautiful thing about the sport is, is there isn't one specific build that beats everyone. Right. Like you, you right. need a combination of the two, and it's all about how you use that combination to, to see who comes out on top. What if, what if Mike Tyson got into it and he decided that he was just going to, I'm going to move my pawn here and then get up and I'm going to pummel you to death? <laughs> Yeah, you need to if, – if you were up against Mike Tyson in a chess boxing tournament, you need to know that that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you, need to, you need to train that. <laughs> you need to train for that. So, like, hey, how do you stay away from someone? Right. How do you jab and stay away? How do you wrap up? How do you eat up time in the ring? And there yeah. are specific strategies in chess boxing where it's like, if I know I'm against someone that's a much better chess player, you know, if, if I'm Mike Tyson in that scenario mm-hmm. – I, I curl up into a little ball on the chessboard. I make it really hard for you to take any of my pieces. It's hard for me to win. I'm not being aggressive at all. I'm not taking yeah. pieces. But I'm just making it really slow for you to win. To give myself as much time in the ring to beat the hell out of you as I can. Yeah. Now you hear growing up all the time with like middle school and stuff, brain over brawn. But I have to ask, what's more satisfying, knocking a person out or beating them on the chessboard in the match? <laughs> I mean, the answer is both, and, and, and boxing is the only place where you can do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the answer. But, no, I, I, think, um, I think for me, I like winning in chess more. Mm. It, it feels more um, – It's more of an intellectual victory. Like, I outthought you, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I'll have that skill set for longer. You know, a lot of boxing yeah. power and technique is tied to youth – and, and honing those things, like a lot of training. Whereas, whereas chess, I, I'll, I'll be playing chess in a retirement home, mm. you know, or, or on my private island, wherever, wherever I end up. It's <laughs> and knocking people and then out. Be, yeah, I was going to say, then he'll be taking out the gloves and be like, somebody want to play? <laughs> hey, I want to know, too, which I'm really interested in, because, like, 
I guess it is a growing sport and whatnot. Where, when you found this out, what was the popularity like here? And where is it at now? And how's it growing? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go in and tell that uh, that story of how I found out about the sport. I, I, I was an amateur boxer in college. Um, so I was competing for University of Georgia. I was fighting other, uh, other kids from other schools. And in, in my first sanctioned amateur boxing bout, not against another student, but just like in, in a regular tournament, I, I dislocated my shoulder in the first round. Um, came out, tried to put it back in, wouldn't go back in by the end of the, the standing eight count. So they sent me over to the doctor. It came back in on my way over to the doctor. Doctor checked me out, let me continue. I, I got my ass handed to me <laughs> for the rest of the first round. But in the second, third round, my opponent got really tired. He started leaving openings. I, I started coming back. I knocked him down twice in the third round, and I ended up winning my fight. So I had this, like, crazy experience where it's like I came back from this kind of injury. I proved a lot of things to myself. I was like, I, I don't quit. I'm a fighter. Like, you know, it, it helped, like, kind of build confidence and, and momentum in the sport. Um, but, but one negative thing that it did is, is it really messed up the shoulder. And I had to get shoulder surgery to repair it. So – I, I was recovering for about six months. In the first six weeks, you're, you're pretty much in bed um, for, for this kind of surgery that I had. And, and you're in this like, kind of like straight arm brace. So I was in bed watching Netflix, you know, on YouTube, uh, you know, playing online chess because I love chess. And <laughs> a video on my YouTube sidebar autoplays. Like the next up was a chess boxing video. So like I, I'm kind of I'm not really paying attention, but like I, you know, I, I hear, you know, like the combination of them commentating chess moves and then them beating the hell out of each other. I was like, what is going on here? Like this can't this has, this has got to be like a joke, like it's an SNL skit or something. Right. I look at it, I was like, no, like it's a packed house in London, and like you know they're they're actually playing chess and boxing at the same you know in tandem, and. Um, and so I start watching like every video I can find about it. I start reading every article and I track down who the founder of chess boxing was. Wow. A guy named Ipe Rubin. He's a Dutch guy. And, uh, and, and he was based in Germany, which is where chess boxing is based. Chess boxing was really big in Europe, just starting in Asia. And no one in the United States was really doing it yet. So, mm -hmm. um, so I, I reach out to this guy. I'm like, hey, like these are two of my favorite things. I'd love to be involved somehow. And, and I was already promoting uh, boxing events. Like, it, it was my job. Um, so I, I started promoting fights in college. I started a nonprofit called Brawl for a Cause that does charity boxing events, and that turned into my career. And so I was like, if you need help bringing it over here, like, I'm a promoter. Like, I can plan events. I can, like, put it together. And he says, I'd love to do that someday. Let's get you involved in it first. Like, like let me know when you want to fight, and I'll find you a match. I said, okay. I get healthy. Um, like a, a year, year and a half later, I reach back out to him. I'm like, Hey, I'm ready. Like, I, I want to do this. And, uh, and he's like, the only event that we have left this year is the chess boxing world championship in Calcutta, India. Do it. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> like, like I'll pass. Like I, you know, I want to, I want to experience this, but I also want to like survive. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go against the best people in the world at this. And, and, uh, and he was Boy. like, you're a better man than me. I would have taken that invite and went over there and got knocked the fuck out. I would have like, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me try this new sport out with the best. <laughs> yeah. 
get knocked out. Yeah, so what he told me next is what ended up hooking me, which was no American has ever competed in the world championship. Oh. If I did it, I'd be the first. I was like, all right. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yeah. I'll go be the sacrificial lamb, get my ass knocked out. And he knew He knew exactly what to say to an American to get him there. <laughs> <laughs> Only people from America, you'd be like, hey, you'll be the first American to ever step your foot in lava. Oh, shit. I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, so, you know, I slept on it. And the next morning, I was like, I'm all in. You know, like, I, I'm going to train my ass off. I'm going to do my best. If I get knocked out, whatever. I'm the first American to, to ever do this. <laughs> and I really wanted the, the sport to grow in the United States. I, I thought it would be a really good market for it. I thought a lot of people out there are like me that, that like combat sports, at least as a fan, and like chess, at least as, like, playing it growing up. Like, a lot of people, like, at least learn how the pieces move growing up. So I thought that there was, like, enough of a – uh, of a community or, or potential fighters in the States for it to be successful. So it's like, even if I get knocked out, even if I embarrass myself, uh, you know, people will tell the story and it'll spread, it'll start to spread. So, uh, so I, I, I set up my life to be able to do an eight week fight camp. The only time in my life where I've ever been able to like treat myself like a, like a pro athlete where all I was focused on focusing on was becoming a weapon in mind and body to, to go over to Calcutta, India to, to do this thing. And <laughs> on my very first day of training, my chess coach teaches a lot of the chess clubs in town and had a summer camp for eight to 12 year olds, like competitive <laughs> chess players. So it was like your first day of training. You're going to come like play all these kids. I was like, all right, bring them on. Like, these Did you bring the gloves, too? <laughs> no, no. I didn't do. Probably could have given them gloves and let them just, like, you know, yeah. work their own punches. That probably would have helped. But he sat me down in the middle of the room and, and started with the 12-year-olds but had every single kid play me. And we were, we were doing a, 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 a style of chess called blitz chess, which mm -hmm. is time control. Yeah. So every time I make a move, I have to hit my timer. Now your timer's counting down. You, hit, you, you make a move, you hit your timer, my timer's counting down. And we go back and forth like that until the game clock runs out for one of us. And whoever it runs out for loses. So if there isn't checkmate, there's a definitive winner because someone runs out of time. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't played time chess since I was a kid, since I was like 11, like, this, like their age. So we start playing blitz chess. I'm getting checkmated or, or my time is running out every single game. And we go from like 12 year olds to 11 year olds, 11 year olds to 10 year olds, 10 year olds to nine, oh my God. nine, eight. I get through every kid in the room except for one and I've lost every game. Wow. Not a single kid has like, like messed up enough or taken enough time and moving for me to have like any sort of chance. And the last kid, <laughs> this is like ADD, eight-year-old, like, watching other games while we're playing. I'm like, this is it. Like, I'll get this one. <laughs> and I, I'm, like, winning on time. I'm, like, getting the hang of this. And I hang my I, I hang my king, which means, like, I leave a checkmate wide open. Right. And the kid, like, refocuses, finds the move, and checks me. I was like, like, not even the last one. Like, I lost to everything oh in, this, in this camp. I go to my coach. I was like, listen, man, I, I got to take a little break. I go out to my car in the parking lot and I cry in my car. 
like me. At, that's like me at middle school dances or high school dance when I got denied the fucking slow song. <laughs> it felt like that. It was like I just I just announced to everyone in my life, my family, my friends, all the people in the brawl for a cause community that have, that have fought in my events or come to my events. I was like. I'm going to be the first American to, to represent our country in the chess boxing world championship. And then I go the next day to this kid's camp and I can't beat anyone. Like it was humiliating. It might've <laughs> so been the crushing. best thing for you. It might've been the best thing though. Yeah. Honestly, like, cause when you leave that, you have to get better after that. There's, there's no more coming back, you know, that's the right attitude that, exactly. that, you know, that night I wanted to quit. Like, I went to bed being like, tomorrow I'm waking up and telling everyone I'm not doing this. But the, the next day I was like, you know what? I, I have eight weeks. If I, do, if I get my ass kicked every day by these kids for eight weeks, I'll at least get better. Right. If I get checkmated instead of knocked out, maybe that's not such a bad thing. So, so, yeah. so yeah, I just kept going back. And, 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 like, the secret to life, you ready? Everyone listening, secret to life. There is no substitute for time input and repetitions. You want to get better at anything? Just do the work. Like there, there's no shortcuts. There's no secrets. The, the secret is just put time in and get as many reps as you can. You want to be a great podcaster? Host a lot of podcast shows. You want to be great at chess? Play a lot of chess games. Like it, it, it's, there, there's, no, there's no way around that. And, and you look at all the greats. You look at how many times – Jordan sat there and shot free throws. Yep. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's the same across the board. Natural talent goes a long way, but what takes it all the way to greatness is, is that hard work. Basically there's never losing. There's only learning. That's what I say. Yeah. 100%. I'll tell you what, if they ever make a movie about your experience going into this, I can play. That would be the, I can see how that scene plays out, like where you first show up and you get beat by all the kids. You go out to the car, you're like, "Oh my god, I'm so defeated!" And then that that uh, like 35 second montage of you going back and beating each one of the kids, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's like the crossfire commercial, yeah. <laughs> slamming your last piece, and then and then you get on the plane to Calcutta. <laughs> That's a, that would be my version of a Rocky montage. I think you're yeah. right. I wanted to ask that because you're from Northeast Philadelphia, right? You said, like, did Rocky have anything to do with you boxing, like the movie or anything? Yes? Okay. No, my, my mom had a crush on Stallone her whole life. And so there, there's a Rocky poster above my crib that, like, I, I was, like, raised on Rocky movies. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah, for sure. That was that was a seed that was planted in my head early in life. Now, being from the Northeast as we are, like it's a little more aggressive. We get so when you move down south and that, were you a little like faster moving and like a little more aggressive? And they're like, "Calm the fuck down, man." Or, or did you fit in very well? Uh, yeah, I mean that 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 style kind of benefited me in in competition type stuff, uh, mm -hmm. and and I think in like interpersonal skills, like just communication. Yeah. Um. But I, I had to learn the Southern way too, I, and and maybe that's that's a little bit more of a chess approach, maybe, <laughs> of like uh, like the passive aggression of like, good luck, sir. Good luck to you too. Okay, now I'm gonna like steal your soul on the board. Now I'll let you up. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's always so beneficial. I say that to so many people. Anyone that I talk to that's from anywhere else in the country, it's like 
like you don't understand being from the Northeast, like New Jersey, Philadelphia, New York, this area, it really puts you at such an advantage over a lot of people because number one, you're able to sniff out bullshit real quick all the time because this is the land of con artists and scam (laughs) scumbags, everything like that. But secondly, it also, you're just on your toes with everything, with like, okay, where's this? Where's this? We're moving, going, 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 as opposed to other places where they're a little bit more reserved, you know, they're more courteous, I guess you could say the word is, more manners, whereas here, you know, the light turns green and at .001 seconds, someone's already laying on their horn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, and and the other the other thing to consider there is like we we get stronger through struggle, right? Like adversity helps, like like equip armor. There's 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 something about overcoming trials that that makes us more capable. Hmm. And and I think that there are, there are a lot of places in the Northeast that are just harder places to live. Yeah. Hmm that that have harder people in them because they're hard places to live. You look at big cities, you look at places that are, are super cold. Like you guys are having a snowstorm right now. Yeah. It was like 70 here yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's a lot nicer living here. I'm not going <laughs> to, you can like have hometown pride and whatever, like we're from here, but like straight up, like Florida is a nicer place to live than, than, than anywhere in the Northeast. And that's oh, why yeah. everyone retires there. <laughs> But see, here's the difference, Matt. You could say that, but if someone you met said that, no, they can't say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're not allowed. You're not from up here. Well, and and that's the other piece of it, right? Is like the like, think of any team you've been on with like a a coach that's an asshole. Because that coach is an asshole, it bonds you together. Yeah, your hometown is your coach. Your coach is an asshole. And all yes. of you are like, we love our asshole because in that shared hardship, you overcame it together. You know? Yeah. I'll talk shit about Jersey all the time, but if you're not from New Jersey, you better not talk shit about New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not your place to do. Matt, I, I want to ask, what happened in Calcutta? Did you, like, what was your placing? How, how did it work? <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, I um, – I, I got pretty lucky. So I, I had a road to the championship that was lined with Indians, like legit Indians. Um, and, and because we were in India, most of the competitors were Indians. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the Indians were either really out of shape or if they were in shape, they had no idea how to play chess. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, had a, I had a lot of like tune-up kind of fights where like I showed up and I had never chess boxed someone. Like, I showed up to the world championship having never actually played chess and box against the same person because there's no one in the United States to do it with. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, my first couple matches were, like, I, I kind of had, like, you know, the, the right people <laughs> to be able to, like, fight and figure this out on the fly. It was kind of like jumping off a cliff and building the, the contraption that made me fly on the way down, like building my wings, right? So – First couple matches were against all Indians. And I, and I actually, I went over there. While I was training, I recruited another American to come over there with me, this guy named Kevin from Kansas. So Kevin and I went over there, and we called ourselves the Cowboys because all of our early matches were against Indians. So we, we were, like, coming out of the ring, like, like, you know, right, like no, I got you. Each other. That, was, that was, like, our name. So um, 
I, I built up some confidence, some momentum, and some know-how of like before I got to my challenging matches in the semifinals and finals, I, ha- I had some like, okay, like I didn't feel like a complete beginner anymore. And then semifinals, I fought this, this guy in the army. He had like seven years more boxing experience than I had, and he was decent at chess. And, um, and, and that was the first time where I was like, okay, like we're, we're pretty much like, like even on chess. And he, he's pretty good at boxing. Um, and, and my one saving grace was he, he blundered his queen. Like the most powerful piece on the board, he basically just gave me in the third round. So after that, like, I, 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 I could just, like, uh, be a little bit more aggressive, and he fell apart. My final, my final match was awesome because it, it showcases one of my favorite things about chess boxing. I – I was getting beat on the board in the first round and I got beat in the ring in the second round by this, this like 35 year old guy who had been boxing his whole life was coaching his chess boxing team on how to box and who was just as good as me at chess. So like I wasn't the favorite, he was supposed to kick my ass and he did kick my ass the whole second round, the, the boxing round until the last 10 seconds. And, and he let his left hand down. I caught him with a right hook right above his, uh, his, his eye, like right on his temple. Mm-hmm. And I saw his eyes go. Like I saw him like shake and then kind of like phase out. And, and the bell rung right after. I was like, I, I got beat that round, but I got one punch that mattered. And it, and it, it landed at the right time because he staggered off to his, his ring, his corner I sat, I went off to mine, got my gloves off, sat back down on the board and started studying the board. And he, he came like, as the bell was ringing for the chest round to start, he sits down and he moves the wrong colored piece. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Man. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my God, like he's still messed up from this one punch that I landed in the, in, in the last round. So I was like, this is my shot. Like if I, if I have a shot at all of, of winning, winning this match and winning the world championship, it's right now. So every single move, move I made was super fast, that Northeast style, fast and aggressive. I was moving fast. I was in my timer. I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, don't waste time because I don't want another boxing round with you. <laughs> like, I want to end it right now. I'm like 30 seconds before the end of the round, I ended up checkmating them. And it was surreal to think, like, one, not, not, only, uh, not only is it, like, cool to win something like that for your country and everything else, but every single one of my matches in the world championship was won by checkmate. And you look at my first day of training, I couldn't beat children, you know? So like, like for, for that, like eight weeks of like, I was spending like six to eight hours a day until my brain was completely exhausted, uh, exhausted trying to cram chess back into my head and like shake off the rust from, from playing chess as a, as a kid. And, uh, and it, you know, it, it ended up paying off. I, I want to touch on too, cause a lot of people, you're, you're a younger guy than us and, I find myself like um, in awe when people like you start charities, even before they were really big. Uh, what was the brawl for cause? Like, was there like a certain initiative behind it and why you started it? Did something happen or anything? Yeah. So um, what happened was I got really into boxing <laughs> and I wanted, I wanted a, a, a tournament or an event that wasn't a bunch of people that had been fighting since they could walk coming in and killing people like me that were doing it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So, so I started an event at university of Georgia where only students could compete. Mm. 
So there, there were some students that were a lot more experienced that were like in ROTC and had like, you know, um, like that kind of like armed forces kind of combat training and, and some people that were like martial artists growing up and, and like, you know, they had like a, a experience, but in a different style. And I, I kind of fell into that category. But then there were people that like had never done either and just wanted to get in a fight. And, and so we, we like I, I created the, the first event and kind of put those people against each other. Like we had like the the Army, Navy kind of fights where, where the different ROTC kids would go off against each other. We had the like, you know, other kinds of experience or like good athletes kind of one. And then we just had like frat guys that like did, didn't train at all and like, you know, would shotgun a beer before they got in. Like, you know, like a, like a bar stool's rough and rowdy kind of. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it started out like that. And, and honestly, it was, it was a non, it was a nonprofit because, or it was a charity boxing event because I, I was involved with a, a, a charity that I cared about on campus mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I, I needed to raise money for and, and that I, I really cared about. But I also learned through being in that charity that it's so much easier to get sponsorships and sell tickets and everything if you're doing it for a good cause. Right. So I was like, you know, I want this boxing thing to happen. It's going to be more successful and do good if we do it through charity. So just like threw them together. I was a 20 year old kid and I, and, and like I started selling out like music venues and then like bigger bars and, and like clubs and then, and then like hotel ballrooms. And then the last couple of events we've done were, were in Mercedes Benz stadium uh, where the Super Bowl was in, in 2018 and, and the Georgia world Congress center where all the big like conventions are in, in Atlanta. Um, and, and so like this, this model just kind of like, grew up as I grew up. Like it wasn't like frat stars beating the crap out of each other with no training anymore. Like we started doing a 90 day program where CEOs and celebrities could learn how to defend themselves and throw a punch and, and, and train to fight for the very first time and choose a charity that was important to them or their family or their company or whatever to, to be able to benefit as they track their journey to the ring. So, you know, like you're training for your first fight ever, your friends are going to be into that. They're going to be like, my friends either going to get their ass kicked or they're going to kick some ass. Either way, I'm in. Because, you know, one, it's my friend, and two, it's for charity. And, and you start to get some people that are like, you know, celebrities or influencers or whatever. The, the, the scope for that person is a lot bigger. You know, it's not just their friends or their coworkers. It's like there's people all over, all over the world that would love to see this person do that. So the, what we're transitioning into now is, is what you're starting to see in like mainstream uh, like influencer culture too, with like the Paul brothers calling out Mayweather and, and, right. and McGregor and, and whoever else, like we're, we're, we're going to be doing like influencer fight nights now. Well, if you ever need true exact to step in the ring, I gladly will, Matt. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not, not at all. I'll play chess. I'll be, I'll be in the corner coaching someone if they want. I've, I've learned a lot from Rocky Four. I listen to my impression. Ready? This is supposed to be an exhibition. You like that? No. Pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's the best I got. I was, uh, I, I was in a fraternity in college. And, and my pledge name was Drago. Nice. So I, I had to stand up in front of my, my fraternity and give an obituary for pa- Apollo Creed. I, oh, I had to God. publicly wow. apologize for killing him. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've been waiting for that. Russian accent. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> I've waited for that for 40 years, and I need to hear it. God damn it. I'm glad someone finally apologized. I have one more question. Uh, I'll go to Brian, though, uh, if he's got anything first. Oh, no, I don't have anything. All right, uh, one more. Where are we at with uh, the chess thing, uh, the chess boxing? And is it like an Olympic sport? Are you presented? We had uh, Florian Kohler on, who is a billiard trick shot guy, and oh. he said that they they presented it to the Olympic Committee and it didn't get passed. They went with like breakdancing instead. I don't know if it's an Olympic sport. I haven't read it was. Is it close? Are you trying to do it? How's that working? Yeah, so there's there's a couple of ways to become an Olympic sport, and maybe he talked a little bit about this. But one, the, the first and the best way is each host city gets to pick one sport that's featured in that year's Olympics. Wow. And that's like the easiest way in because all you have to do is, is convince the Olympic committee for that year to be like, this is our one that we pick. And it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be yeah. like dog racing or flexing, anything. It, it has to meet some prerequisites, but like any legitimate sport is going to meet those, right? So like it, it can't be like, you know, watch this guy stand on one foot or something, you know, like. <laughs> Rats, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it, like it has to be a sport. It has to have a following. Like, and 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 most most of these like host cities or countries pick sports that are, are culturally relevant to them. So like, right. if you're in Scandinavia, they're gonna pick like a a weird ice sport that we haven't heard of, but that they're good at. And right. then, and and you need at least like a like a like some percentage of 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 countries that compete in the Olympics it needs to be like a sport that they would be able to submit a team to. So the first thing that we're focused on with chess boxing is have enough major countries adopt it as a youth sport because youth right. sports generally lead to amateur sports. And, and the Olympics is technically an amateur competition. So you look at, you look at the Olympics, you don't see any pro boxers competing, right? right? It's, it's all amateurs. So um, like we're, we're creating youth programs around the world. And the biggest ones right now are in India and Russia. Um, and, then, uh, and, and then we're trying to get um, more awareness for our, our like exhibition, like pro kind of circuit. Uh, so there's like an event coming up in Helsinki. There's a lot of events that happen in Paris and London. Right. Um, and, and so like the, the more of like an audience we can build for, the more we can make a case to a committee of like, hey, this will be cool um people will watch it you'll get ad revenue and there's enough countries competing in it to where like you can actually have competition from from different sports so the, the short answer is no we aren't an olympic sport the the longer answer is that it'll take us a while to get there uh, realistically um just because like building up a sport from the ground up like ebay created this sport in 2003 wow. sports only 18 years old yeah right. you know, it, it, it wouldn't even be in college yet you know, so like, it it's it's got to get some more steam before uh, like you know breakdancing really didn't become a thing until like like eighties, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, so like think think about the equivalent, right? Like maybe in fifteen years we'll be where breakdancing is. Right. 
No, that's cool, man. All right, man. Uh, I know you're busy, so we're going to get to our final segment here, and then we'll let you go. Uh, we do a gun to your head segment. We ask two questions each, all right? Not yeah. not, not literally, Matt. <laughs> so we, we ask two questions each, and you got to pick a winner of the best qu- – you answer the question, and then you have to pick a winner of your favorite question. You ready? Oh, you're making me pick favorites? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we, this is pretty intense. Keep score. We keep scoring. This is our, like, 80, 90th episode, so we have, we have a tally going on. You ready for this? Wow. Okay. All right. Would you rather box – Mike Tyson for your life or play Josh Waitskin at chess for your life? Wow. That's a great question. Thank you. So, so I lose the chess match to Josh. I die. Yes. Well, definitely Mike Tyson. You take your chances in the ring. I, that, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, oh, I die. Even if he doesn't kill me in the ring, I die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm screwed either way, but yeah, I'd still take Tyson. I, I agree, because one punch, you never know. You know what I mean? Buster Douglas did it. Exactly. Yep. So, all right. Would you rather play baseball with a boxing glove or box with a baseball glove? <laughs> <laughs> okay, would I rather play baseball with a boxing glove? So when it, when they pitch, I'm trying to punch the ball? You got to play, like, field with a boxing glove, like a ground ball. Oh, okay. Or box <laughs> with, with a baseball glove. <laughs> Might be my best question of all time. You say that for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather play baseball with a boxing glove. Okay, that's yeah, I, I, I think the reason why you have gloves in boxing is so you don't break your hand. Yeah. Right? So, like – you, you punch with something that isn't made to be punched with, you're probably breaking your wrist or your hand. So, yeah, I'd do that Brian, Brian, you're up. All right. Uh, would you rather play a game of chess not being able to use your knights, or would you rather get knighted? Mm. <laughs> Wait, knighted like, like – Sir knighted Matt Thomas. The queen. <laughs> Sir Matt Thomas. Oh, I'd rather be knighted. So of course, cool. it be. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Tom, yeah, that's a bucket list item. I don't know how that's ever going to happen, but <laughs> now I got I got another Tyson related one because Scott had a Tyson one. Would you rather take a right hook from Mike Tyson or eat a hundred Tyson chicken nuggets? <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the hook to the face. That's a lot of chicken nuggets. Oh my God, <laughs> man! Oh, he's got. <laughs> You got a glass jaw, Brian. Like how, how many how, how many hormones am I pumping into my body if I eat so much? <laughs> Don't forget, he has to train. He can't eat a hundred chicken nuggets. Those eight and twelve year olds will be laughing at him as he comes stumbling into the yeah. thing. All right, Matt, what was your favorite question? You gotta pick a winner. Okay, the funniest one was the one that just happened with Brian. The one that made me think the most was the the Waishkin Tyson one at, where I would die. If so, so what do you call it a tie? Funny or thoughtful? <laughs> you, you know, we'll call it a tie. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Right. I feel like I'm copping out a little bit with that, but but I, I generally like both of those questions. You know what? Sometimes you got to put your ego aside like I do all the time, and you just have to go with a tie. I want to know, though, Matt, before, before we go, where can we catch you? Instagram and your shirt. Where can I buy that if you got a store or anything? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so this was this was a gift from a uh, an international master named Lena. Uh, so shout out to her. Cool, it's, I'll contact her. And then uh, I'm at Moving with Matt on Instagram uh, and on Twitch. I stream um, chess and fitness on Twitch. So, so check check me out there. Um, if you want to learn more about chess boxing, it's at chessboxing underscore official. Um, so you can check out like uh, you know some some other chess boxers and when events are happening and that kind of thing. Um, and I have no idea where you buy the shirt, but uh, <laughs> find it somewhere. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can find it. 